Welcome inside the crazy ant form. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. Wow, you guys are a lot of energy. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we well, crazy it. is in the name, so be warned. <laughs> we like okay, to have a little it, fun. Got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so we are so excited to talk to you. You know, obviously, uh, your big appearance on on the biggest show on television right now, right? The Last of Us. So we're definitely going to dive into that. Um, but yeah, we, we want to hear all about your path and how it all got started and, how, and what made the decision to go into this industry, right? We're always curious as to why people choose this path, right? Was it something they always knew they wanted to do or did they kind of fall into it? So tell us your story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, it's kind of funny. You know, I I was uh, in news broadcasting originally. So same with you guys. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's where we met. It was at a news station. Yeah. Okay, so it makes sense why you're doing the podcast thing properly and very professionally. <laughs> I'm impressed. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, everyone can create a podcast now. So I find that they're like vastly different in quality, oh, yeah. questions, presentation. And uh, yeah, you guys are killing it. So yeah, that that's my past. Um, I went to broadcasting school. I think in my head, I was like, okay, I love storytelling. I'm always going to act like I always was in acting classes, but coming from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, it was mostly oil and gas there. Mm, Right. And the most feasible communications, e-storytelling thing was broadcasting. And at least then my parents were like, good, you got your degree. You know, she's going to be okay. Uh, So that's kind of why I got into that, which is so funny because as like a secondary career, you guys know it's it's hard work. You oh, put yeah. your it's a grind. Yeah, to- totally. I'm I so I've sort of like ground ground in <laughs> multiple different directions. Uh, I'm grateful in for that because I think I came out of it with a lot of diverse skills. Mm. And when you're in something like acting, you know you don't always have steady work. Right. Uh, so I've kind of gone and back and forth in the hosting world some writing, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but then I get to do the acting thing when it comes up, which is amazing. <laughs> I, I always love that too. I always love, because you'd be amazed at how many of the people that we've talked to that are in this industry, be it actors or directors or producers, costume designers, whatever, started in news. <laughs> it's amazing. So it's it's really yeah. weird how many of us come from there. And, the, and I always love hearing why. Like for me, it was, mm. I was doing the acting thing and then uh, his future wife, my daughter, I found out she was coming and I, and I was like, uh-oh. And because like you said, well, that's not a whole steady paycheck doing what I'm doing right now. And I've got a kid coming. So how can I still play? And so I go yeah. into that. And then I, like you said, I'm like, oh, this isn't playing. This is like hard work. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on now? Like, but the, the, the skills though, like you mentioned, you know, I mean, I ended yeah. up doing all different kinds of things and, and Logan as well. I, I did editing. I did, I shot with the camera. Yeah. I transitioned to producing and I was writing, I did promotions. So what I was able to take out of that and put now into this was amazing. So the, the time there was definitely valuable for sure. Yeah, you know, it gets me in trouble sometimes because when you've worked in production, you've worked behind the scenes as much as you've worked in front of the camera. Uh, uh, as an actor on set, they really expect you to be so passive in the process, right? right? Because you're just coming in. Right. And those people have worked their asses off on set, 
setting it up in a really specific way. And I come in, like, I resist asking questions, bringing <laughs> up, like, you know, if I hear the director say one thing about my wardrobe and I notice that the wardrobe person isn't maybe following that direction, like, I really just want to fix things for them so that <laughs> I can make the process easier. But I really notice, like, quite quite early on that it's not appreciated on set and everybody has their own specific roles. Mm -hmm. And if you get involved, if you kind of open your mouth, it's taken really seriously because, oh my God, an actor is talking. Everybody has to listen, but also this actor doesn't really know what we do. Right. And there's this sort of, there's, I can just tell they just kind of want you to shut up and do your job. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> well, it's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like polar opposites, right? Because like you said, being in broadcast journalism, it's very much run and gun trying to get what you can when you can, like if you might miss a shot if you're not recording yes. all the time. But then with filmmaking and especially on big, big budget things, it's a whole lot of uh, standing and wait, find your spot and then you wait yeah. for your shot. <laughs> like, so it's all of these different things. So yeah, it's very interesting. And have you had a chance to um, go on an indie set yet? Because it's kind of like broadcast journalism where you're wearing <laughs> multiple different hats and you're like, okay, we need this, 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 and this hey you also acting can you wear or can you hold the boom yes, mic? like right. all of these different things so i mean it's a, it's like a gift and a curse because there is that whole bunch of pressure but then there's like this whole bunch of experience that you gain through trial and error so i think that's very fun as well yeah i love that you worded it have you had the opportunity to <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you know what? I did HBO. I think now I just want to do any film. No, I've done yeah, a ton of that. And you're so right. It's like, that's when you can kind of take on the different roles. Uh, everybody, you're right, like puts their hands in, just does whatever it takes to get it done. And I create stuff with my friends all the time. I, I find that so, it's such a good balance, right? Yeah. You get sucked into the industry. You're waiting on auditions. You're waiting for callbacks. You're waiting then to hear if you got it or not. Are my dream? Am I going to be elevated in a huge way, or is this? Am I going to be told that I no longer have the job? You know, every day feels so different. So right. if you can control anything, and it's hard to do, especially during the pandemic, I wasn't exactly creatively fulfilled and motivated. But uh, when you can do it, when you have a group of friends that create things, it's a very satisfying. Yeah. Well. Well. I'll, I'll. I'll tell you. We. We shot our first film. Uh, directed our first film during the pandemic, and uh, you know, uh, on an indie kind of a scale and. I think that the 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 bonding that goes on there is so much because you know it, it, these these giant features and don't get me wrong everybody loves to be on the big budget stuff also right that's the yeah. whole goal you want to do that but they're machines there's a person for everything yeah. and you're just boom boom oh boom God. boom boom indie you kind of develop this camaraderie like you know hey we're all in this and we got to get this and this and this and this and it's uh, I mean when on day one when we showed up our actors were like trying to unload the grip truck we're like no 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 yes. you, you don't pick up anything you just go go to makeup whatever you don't have to pick up shit out of the grip truck right but that's when we knew you know like these people are committed yeah. to making the best possible project and whatever they have to do to get it done they're going to do that's why I kind of really like the indie world because I feel like mm -hmm. you get that passion you get that you know that bonding of whatever it takes we're going to make the best possible thing we can make and I feel like sometimes on the bigger sets you don't always get that it's just kind of like this is a yeah. job and we're going to do it and we're going to move on and boom 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 
yeah, you kind of feel apart from it, right? Yeah, Especially yeah. as an actor, you come in, you work for a few days, and then you just turn around and leave, mm -hmm. and you don't hear how it's going. <laughs> when is it? You know, That's right. did I do okay? Like, you know, it, you, you don't hear any of that. And it's funny with the indie films, like. I, I've done some where I've been apart from the process and I come in just as an actor, like what you're talking about. And it's like, they treat it with so much respect. They do. Yeah. And they don't want you to unload the truck and everything. And, <laughs> but yeah, like my reporter brain helped, you know, helping carry a, a, you know, part of their gear or whatever would just be what I would do. And, but if I create things with my friends, then it's like, for sure, like all hands on deck. Mm -hmm. So there are definitely different tiers and I've had to learn to kind of like accommodate, like, what is my role today? What parts of my brain should I shut off and what, which ones do I keep on? It's weird. Oh, for sure. And I want to go back to what you said about, you know, trying to do different things while feeding the beast that is acting. With picking <laughs> up the, like, I guess, freelance job where you're doing some TV hosting. I think I oh, saw yeah. you did uh, some stuff for, like, uh, a golf channel mm -hmm. or uh, yeah. whatever. So, I mean, I think that is very important, too, because there is times that, you know, it is kind of a dry spell. I mean, you know, you have to do what you have to do to continue doing what you love and to continue eating and paying bills and things like that so I think that is very smart of you to because we brand this podcast mm -hmm. for those who are trying to break into the entertainment industry so if they listen cool. to different people's stories they can kind of generalize and get a idea of what they may need to do and not do so I think that is very important and that is something that we want to pass along it's like you may mm -hmm. be doing something that you don't necessarily want to do but that gets you one step closer to being able to get in that audition room or be able to get on set or to make those connections because connections are so viable and so necessary in oh. this industry. So necessary. And you also have to think, which is what you're talking about is like, what is going to keep me acting? Mm. Right. What yes. is, what do I need to do to have some level of perseverance? Mm -hmm. And when I was younger, I think I kind of thought it would be like a mountain that I would climb. And at some point, things would drop away because I just naturally would be so busy with my super successful acting career. Right. And I just think, especially in Canada, it's not really like that. Mm -hmm. And the ones who are getting the bigger parts are the ones that have been in it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And they've just molded their life in a way that they can still go on vacations, still have a partner, still fly home to see their family. Right. And it's like that fills me up and also adds to my experiences so that when I get to a set, I'm not like a shell of a human being who's That's just right. been so desperate because that kind of empties you. And I see some of my friends even, you know, having kids, that sort of thing, which seems like such a scary thing, right? Especially as a female, you know, you're out of the game for so long and you see how it kind of adds to their character and, and right. when they finally do act again it's like they're they've they're the way they perform is just more full it's really mm. cool i i love that because i i think i think everybody from the outside first looking in they just assume that everybody's rich everybody's making all this money and that yeah. you know oh it's you're in entertainment you're an actor you know kind of a thing and the reality mm -hmm. of it is anything but most working actors are not millionaires they're not making bakoodles of money they're they're working but but they're just like everybody else they have jobs and they're paying bills and they're you know and i think 
hearing stories like yours and, and, and other people that we've talked to. So, you know, for the people that are trying to look and come into the industry, if you know what it really is and how to proceed, you're going to be okay. You're going to make a living at it. You're going to get work and eventually you'll reach those levels that you're trying to reach. I think the ones that fail are the ones who just think they're going to come right in. They're going to get the first audition. It's going to be a huge movie and then they're going to make $20 million. And you know, they're more interested in, I think the fame and celebrity, than understanding that this is actually work and you have to pay your dues and work your way up to get to where you want to get. And I also like that you said to keep in mind and keep the the importance of I have a spouse. I have a family. I want to take a vacation because yeah. I feel like everybody, you know, at certain points is like, I can't do any of this anymore. This is all I can do. And it's like, well, you're missing life if you don't do that. And, you know, yeah. so I love that you brought that up because, like you said, it in turn translates back to the career. My life experience makes me a better actor or a better director yes. or, you know, so if you're not living life, how yeah. can you possibly tell stories? You don't know anything. I mean. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so happy I've kind of I'm able to say that with mm-hmm. the confidence and the true understanding of it. I think I yeah. could have said it a few years ago, like but just barely grasping the concept. But um, like this year, I really want to go to Italy. I've never been to Italy before. And it's one of those places that I've had on some sort of pedestal. You know, I really want to get there and I'm going to make it happen. And I booked my flights and my partner was like, wow, really? Wow. Okay. So we're going, what if you book a big job? You know, that's always like the question. I just go like, I guess, I'm going to try to go anyway. I'm going to, I'm actually going to prioritize this. And that seemed really scary for me to say. So I'm truly just, just making my way into that mindset. Right. Oh, that's fantastic. And I actually just, um, I was listening to a podcast earlier today and they were talking, they mentioned a phrase and let me know if either one of you guys have heard this. Um, it's called art monster and basically where you let the art consume who you are and you make that your personality and you kind of forget about everything else that was you before the art and the passion came in and you have to keep that separate because yes that's your love that is your passion but you also need to have things Mm -hmm. outside of that so you can continue moving forward as a human being and as a person in a relationship or in just an overall just general person and so you don't have to you know just focus on this one thing because when you do that I feel like you put so much pressure on yourself and you set expectations that don't necessarily need to be there so i thought that was a cool little antidote that i could have added to this i was like hey i just thought of this phrase or i just heard this phrase for the first time let me just put this in here (laughs) i haven't heard art monster but i totally get what the art monster is though right yeah i'm kind of glad you named it now i'm gonna (laughs) and now i'm able to (laughs) To point to it and say, you know, I'm not going to let the art monster gobble me up. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Well, and you know, I I think it's important to 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 prioritize your life over the art sometimes because I also feel like. People, real people will appreciate that. And if it is a big role Mm. and a big opportunity, if they want you, they're going to wait for you, right? They're going to be like, we can reschedule this or you can come in on this date or that date because it was meant for you to have it. And I feel like if you're going to jet out there to Italy and you miss out on that opportunity, it wasn't yours anyway. It 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 just wasn't meant for you then anyway. Because I always believe wholeheartedly that everything happens for a reason. And if that opportunity is truly yours, it'll be there when you get back from Italy. (laughs) Like You don't have to sacrifice one or the other for, for that. 
And I think it's important that you yeah. put that out there because, you know, this industry is built on, we like to call it selection instead of rejection, but it is, it's mm. already a mental game, right? You have to have thick skin. Yeah. You have to know that going in 99% of the time is a no until you get the yes. And that's the gig. So if you're already sacrificing areas of your life and then you're dealing yeah. with expectations that you're putting on yourself that you can't possibly live up to, you are just damaging the mental state like men, you know, crazy. So that uh-huh. for you to put out there that, you know, you're, you understand you can't give up life. You've got to live and you've got to do your things and, and what yeah. comes comes and what goes goes. And that's okay. That's huge for all the people listening, trying to get into the industry, because if you don't figure that yeah. out, you're going to get in trouble real quick. Well, think about what you're told, though, when you first enter this industry. Broadcasting is the exact same way. I remember my broadcasting teacher going, uh, what did he say? He said it was the first day and he said, some of you might not make it home for uh, Thanksgiving. And he said it in a way that was like filled with pride. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was such like a cockiness around like this is the hardest industry. And if you're not ready to work hard, then like you're not going to make it. And that's on you. And like I, I already have that in me naturally. I have a natural motivation. Like since I was a kid, I wanted to be in this industry. So I think going like I have to grind and everything's so hard like on top of that it's like the things that you want to do, you will naturally do without having this sort of like scary dominating force on top of you telling you that you're not good enough unless you look like you're working really hard. Right? That's right. Yep. Most definitely. And we also have a, um, cause mental health has been such a big thing for us over the past couple of years. So we would like to talk yep. about that. We actually started a whole new podcast yep. strictly about mental health. Cool. And, um, one of the topics we had on our previous episodes is stigma. So with trying to switch careers into the acting game from broadcast journalism, did you get that kind of pushback from family or peers that are like, but that's not a real job. You're chasing after a pipe dream. Like, was that something that you encountered? (laughs) The thing is I made my way to Toronto pretty fast coming out of school. I had worked in Calgary at some news stations and I just went, I'm going to go to the biggest center in Canada for media, for acting. And I think I had to get away from a certain mindset. Mm -hmm. Everyone was supportive, but I had to find my artistic team and community here. What I did is I started taking second city classes Mm. and doing that improv and having those really close binds with a group of hilarious people uh, really gave me that community. And then it was like, we don't need anyone's permission because we're, we're already doing it. We're already supporting each other. And that becomes your support base instead of me relying on my family or my friends from back home to do it. So I, I think it is about just finding your people and most big cities have that, right? Mm-hmm. For people that come from smaller centers, they don't. So it's like getting to that center where everybody, where you have these niches that you never thought would exist. I never thought I would meet people like me, you know? Right. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. I've even met like some, you know, broadcasters slash actors, just like you guys, people that are like, it's okay to do both things. Yeah, like, exactly. Cool. Cause that got a little, I'd say that's the more confusing thing than getting into acting. It's that I've managed to kind of balance both. Right. And I, I think that some people find that a bit confusing and they want me to choose. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Well, and that plays into 
just expectations in general, right? We feel like that's a, yeah. that's another thing, especially in this industry and 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 the different things. It's like because to be in this industry and be creative and be doing what we're doing, there are no. It's not a straight line. It's not linear, right? It's it's all yeah. over the place in order to do what we do. And so when society and, and sometimes even family, they have these expectations. You should be married by this age. You should have the house with the fence yeah. at this age. You should have a baby at this age. And when you don't, you you put that pressure on yourself like, I'm failing. Oh, my God, I'm 30 and right. I don't have a baby or I don't have a house or like, totally. you know. And to understand that it's okay. There, there's no such thing as you have to have this by this date or this yeah. date or this date. And to know that it's okay to just go outside and go this way and go that way. And you're still going to end up here. You don't have to do this, right? It's so important. Yep. And I think you're right. Finding your circle of like-minded people allows you to do that. You're like, oh, everybody's yeah. like this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing feeling, right? When you're in it a room is. with everybody that's like you and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. All right. Yep, that's exactly right. And comedy was huge for that because I think I express myself through comedy. I like respect people I can laugh with. Yeah. Uh, there's, I hold that in my heart and in my mind at such a high level that when I was growing up, I think, you know, dating certain guys that are like, she can't be funnier than me, you know, like that <laughs> real like. <laughs> <laughs> like guys that just were not they're a little put off by by someone who you know puts comedy first or uh -huh. has a sense of humor to that degree um so that was a huge thing for my own confidence and being the person that i actually wanted to be expressing myself with people the way i wanted to express myself because otherwise if if you're well, yeah, you guys, it's exactly what we're saying. You know, you kind of, you end up narrowing your life to end up fitting into something else. That's right. So then, then it becomes, okay, how do I possibly, how do I properly message this to the people who are living that linear life in a way that's like, I'm not judging you for it. <laughs> it's just not what I want to do. Right. And right. then people want to know, well, then what are you doing? Like, what, what is the plan? <laughs> exactly. And then... And then you're in real trouble because if you're not a person who has like a five-year plan, right, or a right, year plan, yeah, they're like, well, that actually, then, then I'm really concerned. <laughs> right, exactly. When you say, well, the plan is, there is no right. plan. They freak the <laughs> fuck out. They're like, what do you mean? There's no plan. Like, you need help now. It's you're so right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I think they'd be fine with me doing the arts thing. Not saying anyone's not fine with it. Right. But if, if they could understand an artistic person better if they had a plan for their art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. Good luck. If you can figure that out, let it's us impossible. know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is yeah. so freaking funny. Well, of course, we want to talk about The Last of Us, like we talked yes. about in the beginning. One of That's the right. biggest All of us shows. journalism people, that was a perfect transition, right? Comedy to The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the biggest show on television and streaming right now, breaking record numbers so super freaking excited for you for that opportunity and how did it even come about how did you even you know apply for this one i just realized how well it does segue because <laughs> it's actually so in line with what we're talking about if you can believe it so i went from toronto where i was living in toronto with my partner and my whole family is in alberta mm -hmm. he's originally from alberta so we 
got into our Jeep. We sent all our stuff in a U-Haul and we showed up basically on my parents' doorstep being like, Hey, we're going to, we're back. We're popping into this family bubble. Everyone's talking about, uh, but like truthfully, Alberta, um, had looser restrictions during the lockdown, Mm -hmm. but not even looser restrictions. It's right by the mountains. Like Mm. it might be like Denver. I think that's a similar kind of city. You know, I just wanted to hike and ski and see family and do those things that I haven't gotten to do in a long time in that way. So we rented a house for much cheaper than Toronto (laughs) and it had a backyard, you know, like I, I was sudden, I was living across the street from my little sister, my older sisters up the hill my parents were just down the street and we popped into this kind of like family paradise for a bit uh so while this was happening you know i talked to my agent you know this is a big deal you know how is this going to impact things i i just feel like i gotta go i gotta live this life for a bit i'll be back you know that sort of thing (laughs) and at the same time calgary's film industry was started booming like the timing could not have been better. And I was starting to get auditions for Fargo and Last of Us and this show Guilty Party with Kate Beckinsale. And I was amazed at the big projects that were suddenly filming there. Few and far between, but really big ones. So I started auditioning. And when I, I, I got The Last of Us, like basically in the middle of that a big shift that I thought would impact my career has now benefited it more than ever. That's amazing. So it goes straight back to full circle about if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. If it's yours, it's yours. Doesn't matter what moves yeah. you make. If it was meant to happen, it's going to happen. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. And and I mean, my mom was like, you know, it's going to happen here. If, if it's going to happen anywhere, it's going to happen in Calgary. And here you are, Gina, something big is going to happen. <laughs> I, she just kept going on and on. And even when I shot it, I knew it was such a big deal. But it was also over a year and a half ago. Right, now, right. Right. So it's amazing now with all the hype about it, the amount of viewers watching it. And I, you know, being interviewed by different people. It's. I now realize that it was literally what my mom was talking about. Well, <laughs> that was going to be my question. Did, did were you uh, familiar with the game before? And did you have any idea that it was just going to blow up the way that it's blown up? Right? Because I mean, it's just yeah. massive right now. Did you kind of have an idea? You thought maybe this was going to be that, or were you just as shocked as everybody else? Like, holy cow, man, this thing just exploded. I had the benefit of having uh, my brother-in-law, Corbin, who is a big video game collector and trader. He has this whole business. He knows everything about every game ever. So to him, when he heard The Last of Us was filming in Alberta, that was a huge deal. So when I started getting auditions for it, it was blowing his mind. He was really (laughs) feeling me about it. (laughs) And uh, so I started playing the game. And I, I didn't play a lot of it, but yeah. I got enough of a sense of like what this was going to be like. And oh my God, I mean, the first hour is like such a crazy story already, right? Yeah. right? yeah. You can see immediately why it's a TV series. It's just the story is so beautiful and yeah. it's all, it's already cinematic. 
Right? Exactly, exactly. And shout out to Corbin. I mean, that guy's awesome. We appreciate him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I just felt like, you know, that back and forth dynamic. I mean, Bella Ramsey, she's a hot rising star right now. And then like her like cussing you out about <laughs> making sure she's doing everything right. I thought right? that was hilarious. Was it kind of like a light switch? Like when it was yelled cut, she's like, I'm sorry I was talking to you that way. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? We got along really well, and I I was lucky enough. It was right at the beginning when the whole cast was hanging out, getting to know each other anyway. So I, I feel like on some level I got to be part of that. Yeah. So, yeah, we it was kind of hilarious. Like, in between takes, we were, like, scowling at each other, you know, <laughs> trying to, like, stay in character. But then we just, you know, end up laughing about it. But, yeah, she had to kick that tray at me a, a, a bunch of times, yeah. like 30 times or something. You know, like they were so specific about every moment mm-hmm. of every single moment. And and you can see why, right? I mean, it it pays off. And when it's something like HBO, they have the money to spend that much yes, time exactly. on things. And so even for someone with a small part, you get a lot of one-on-one time with the director. Uh, it's It's just... It's you spend so much more time than you would on a, a smaller set on a scene like that. Oh, most definitely. And something at that scale with that many like A-list stars, I feel like it was probably just a firsthand masterclass, right? Like were there a few <sighs> tips and tricks that you picked up along the way while being there? Um, I learned that they all have a lot of fun, definitely. That's like good. Pedro Pascal has just this like lightness buoyancy about him that I think working on a long production like that, you need to (laughs) get along, like get along with everyone around you and be that kind of leader, Mm -hmm. I guess, keeping everyone's mood up, you know, leads don't have to do that on shows, but I really like when they do because, it keeps everyone in a good mood. And those are long, hard days. I can't even imagine some of those days when they're filming in the middle of a snowy field, right in the middle of like Lethbridge, Alberta, it must have been so crazy. But he like both he and Bella had such a great attitude. Well, and that's great to hear, because that that gives you the, the indication that they are appreciative of where they're at and what they get to do, right? Because when you reach a certain level, right, like you said, some people are just not like that but to be like that and lead and and be warm and keep everybody upbeat even during the bad times and everything that just says i really appreciate what i get to do every day and i want you guys to have a good experience with this even if it is in the middle of snow 14 hours right (laughs) i want you guys to enjoy what we're doing and so that says a lot about the character of who they are um and that's fantastic so i gotta ask because you're a comedy girl and everything there has to be an embarrassing moment somewhere on set of something that you've worked on that you just thought, oh my God, you're never going to get over this, but now you can laugh at, right? You've got to have a story. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. I must have so many stories. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me? Like, oh God, there was, there was one, there was one time when I, I was working on the show shadow hunters and I was, I get killed and I stumble backwards and I fall off the curb and then I'm like in a puddle of water yeah. and there were mis- there were mosquitoes. We shot like overnight and there were mosquitoes landing on my face. Oh. And I just like started like flinching. Like I was like the dead girl. There was just 
<laughs> That's totally normal. It's like the chicken with the head cut off. There's still some movement there. Like, you know. like Gina, you're supposed to be dead. Gina, you're yeah, supposed exactly. to be dead. <laughs> There are some things as an actor where you're like, am I supposed to be good at this? Because I have never, I've never done this before. I've right. never learned how to do this. You just, you just do it. And then sometimes it goes horribly, <laughs> but you eventually get the take. And sometimes it goes seamlessly and you get the take. And sometimes that take you thought was great turns out not as good as you thought. And sometimes the horrible take turns out the one that's the one that they used and it looked okay. I just think you... You just have to, you have to be pretty brave to, to do it. And that sounds so silly. Like, obviously, you know, doctors, nurses, and surgeons, like maybe right. fall into that a little bit better. But um, just in terms of, of being in front of people and in really pressure filled moments, just going for it. For just sure. Go for it. That's what it's all about. I mean, persevering and never yeah. giving up and continue moving forward. And I mean, I love that. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. And being able to laugh at yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the <laughs> biggest thing. I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, I'm what'd you do today? <laughs> I laid in a puddle with mosquitoes on my face. Yeah, what'd you do today? <laughs> like, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So dumb. Like, uh, when I was doing The Last of Us and there was that long hallway scene and I'm shot dead. Yeah. And I'm up against the wall, like, where the wall meets. And mm-hmm. they're like, great, Gina, just like sit right on that crack where the <laughs> wall meets the wall. Just really align your spine. Awesome. And then curl your body into like a dead position. Oh, wow. This is, we want, yeah, great. Uh, okay, action. And then the scene where they all meet each other, they're pointing guns at each other. Joel and Ellie meet for the first time. That took a lot, like that's a long scene, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they did it all in one take sometimes. Oh, wow. And and so we did take after take after take. And of course, like, oh my God, what an amazing thing. I'm I'm just listening to these these incredible actors. But it got to the point where they would yell cut and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like <laughs> like an old man, just like, oh, like standing up, like flexing my back, and Pedro starts <laughs> noticing. And he's like, one more time for Gina. <laughs> and Gina's like, at what point do I get a stunt double? Yeah, <laughs> yeah stunt, <Exactly>. stunt. <laughs> That's great. Uh, oh, my God. That gosh. is so funny. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on the show and getting a little crazy with us. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Honestly, anytime you ever want to come back on the show, just let us know uh-huh. and we can make that happen. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, this has been so fun. It's cool, like, after the fact to talk about everything and, and meet people from everywhere. Oh, everywhere. my God. So, Americans. Like, you're not that far away. <laughs> you're not that far. Americans. Americans. Uh, Canadians. Americans. Yeah, yeah. And we, now we can say we know Canadians. It's fantastic. <laughs> That was oh hilarious. My goodness. That's, That's a sound bite. We're getting it. We're, we're totally getting it. So it's <laughs> fantastic. It, it. So great. That's so great. Well, you know, it's all about social media now. So where can people follow you? Yeah. Um, so my Instagram is at Gina Louise Phillips. Mm-hmm. And my Twitter is at Gina Phillips. Fantastic. We, we will <laughs> direct everyone there. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't tell we spend a lot of time together, right? No, I was like, no. 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 <laughs> 
Not at all. Uh, but listen, take care. Thank you again so much. And we will be talking to you soon, okay? Oh, man. What a bubbly personality right I'm there. I'm telling you, that smile was just so bright and infectious. It's hard not to get excited talking to her because mm-hmm. she's so joyous. You know, it's like, but <laughs> Americans. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like For they, sure, the sound clip of the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I she was great. Man. Yeah, she really was, man. She really was. I mean, it's so knowledgeable about all of these different things. So it's awesome awesome to get to hear that thing. I think a lot of the people, a lot of the listeners are going to enjoy this one. Absolutely. And the appreciation she has for both the indie side of it and the big budget stuff and knowing her place on each one of those. Cause I think that was critical advice. Like there is a difference between saying what you think on an indie and keeping your mouth shut on a big one. You know? yeah. And to know when and when not to speak is a really good thing to learn. So that was great advice. Agreed, man. Agreed. Thank you again, Gina, for coming on the show. 